We will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to Howdy, and welcome to a podcast without a porpoise, also known as Opwop, where we talk about whatever is tickling our noggins at the present moment, with your hosts, Captain Tori and Powder Monkey Riff. Hello, hello, hello. What are we talking about today, Tori? What are we talking about? Today on the menu, we will be talking about aliens. What a topic. Aliens on the menu. Yeah. What's your first thoughts on that? My first thoughts on aliens. You know, I really, I, I brought this topic to Riff because I'm kind of fascinated with the pyramids. So my thought is how did we build the pyramids, the ancient Egyptian pyramids? They're so large. It was back in the day right. before they had like crane machines, before they had any of this industrial equipment right. to make these giant. Even. Yeah, right? right? And they somehow accomplished making these ginormous concrete pyramids right how how that's how that's that's why we were talking about aliens no today. because i've seen like really old pictures of them mm-hmm. and so obviously we know that the pharaohs used like millions and millions of or i don't know about millions but a, a very great amount of slaves to do it yeah. um but that's that's like workers that's like a bunch of like worker bees mm-hmm. essentially um but they have these like pulley systems it's insane to me that they were able to even bring all of those concrete, like, enormous blocks up. And then they're, like, really intricate inside. Yeah. Also, like, several... Not even, it's not even really how did they make it physically. It's how did they plan it. How did they plan it? Because you can do anything if you, like, force people to do it, obviously. Like, if mm-hmm. you're going to force all of these slaves that you have to do it, they're, they're gonna. Yeah. Um, which sucks. But for me, it's more of... Uh, a thought of like how did they plan that out and who did that's, who specifically that's planned out how it will be first of all that a, a pyramid shape exists did they know mm-hmm. what a pyramid shape was yet did they yeah. uh, like make that as a thing yet and how did they how did they plan like oh it's going to be this size this size maybe this is just architecture but like how did they <laughs> even just plan the intricacy of the inside because it's essentially a tomb right yeah for, for a king for the pharaoh the pharaoh mm-hmm. and so but it's like also how did they plan what they wanted in right because they don't want people to steal their they don't want their them gold. to steal their gold yeah so this is the this is my whole yeah. issue right um clearly i'm not a history major because i'm about to say things that are not correct agreed but <laughs> First of all, like you're saying, how did they know the pyramid was a shape? Like, how did they know that was a thing? How yeah. did they design the pulley was it systems? Already, I'm thinking maybe it was already a shape because I think the pyramid was a shape that was, like, spiritual to them and they really Yeah, and maybe that that's shape. why they chose it. So it must have already been, like, a shape pre-designed. Yeah. Like, they knew about it already. Okay. Or did they... I want to know if they created that shape themselves and perhaps. were like, this is a really spiritual symbol to me. Okay, but even perhaps... Even if yeah, we're yeah. we're just going to assume Keep for going. right now, we're going to assume that they already knew that was a shape. Yes. So there goes that one. Yeah. But still poses the question of how did they know how to build the pulley systems? What did they attach the pulley systems to? Because I don't know how tall the pyramids are, but they have to be like at least four, like not four feet. They have to be at least like 50 to 100 feet tall. Like right. how did they attach it to something? that tall if there weren't like ladders if there weren't like crane machines like how did they physically reach that height i they might have had ladders 
I'm not sure. But 50 the, foot ladders? There's like one very specific image that I see in my head. Hello? That I see in my head every time I think about the pyramids. Like, mm-hmm. I must have seen it in a textbook or something and it just stayed. Yeah. Um, is It's like a pulley system that they have to pick up the brick and, like, move it. But okay. it doesn't necessarily bring it up to the top. I think two people hold each end of it and walk it up to the top. So they must have had some kind of... So they constructed the stairs and then built it from there. I think they must have been constructing the stairs simultaneously mm-hmm. and then using that. Because obviously... Okay, so you have to start at the, bo- the bottom. And then you have to put bricks on top of that. Yeah. And then you can you make another stair and you climb to that stair. Yeah, and then, and you, then you make another make one. bricks there. But yeah. it's still... That's... that's it's true in theory, but in mm-hmm. actually physically doing it, that's that's, that's so a lot. hard. And it's hard to even, like, the mind behind it all has to think, like, oh, this person has to do this, and this group of people has to go and do that. And, like, mm-hmm. how do you even organize that so that yeah. it comes out correctly? Maybe this is just, like, this is the same thing as, like, trying to figure out how people make skyscrapers. So true. But, like, but it's it's just such a baffling concept because yeah. even even if we assume that, okay, they had, like, a, a really fantastic organizer, whoever yeah. whoever decided to put the thing together. Mr. Daedalus or something. Yeah, like, he was in charge. He told everyone how to do it. So even if we assume that, it's still, like, the inside is so intricate. And is it underground? Like, I've never been inside, but if yeah, there, if there the, the pyramid part? isn't that wide. So the, they had to have dug into the ground to create these intricate tunnel systems. Right. So the pyramid is probably just a fancy door. And then once you go in, it Ooh. goes down. Because the pyramid on the outside is just, like, if you think about it, like, the diameter is not big enough to house the entire maze. So it's probably underground, and that's just, like, the entry way. You know, like, it's just a really fancy entrance to a tomb is the pyramid on the dollar bill i don't second know second question why if yes why i think it is, is on the dollar the bill actually pyramid on i'm the dollar bill i'm too poor to have a dollar bill on me currently, i don't but have any dollar bills but i can look up is the pyramid on the dollar bill would yeah, we like that that's a good question while um, you do that have you heard um another fascinating architectural reason that these are so mind-baffling to me Mm -hmm. apparently if you stand in the doorway or in a certain part of the tunnels and you make a whistling sound or something it like mimics a specific i think it might be a bird call or something like Ah. it's some sort of specific sound that it creates that like it was architected in such a way that it was it creates that noise when you do something if that makes sense that's interesting right does it? Do you know what bird? Was it like a I don't know if it was a bird, bird, but I just know that I remember watching like something on the History Channel with my dad about like these, like the pyramids and how they created them, and it was just like a some sort of an aspect. So I don't even know if it was a bird, but I know that there's some sort of like if you make a yell or you make a specific sound, it'll turn it into an echo of something else. If that makes See, sense. See, how do they even understand the physics of make creating a space in such a way that it changes the sound, mm-hmm. like? So I, I in you'll like I was in in band yeah. in high school, right? And so I've been in a lot of different band spaces. Mm-hmm. There are ones with less money, there are ones with more money. The ones with more money have different have a different setup in their band room, right? So my band room was just like a janky place with just normal walls, like brick walls and it was fine. There was like a carpet. Mm-hmm. And all of that has an impact on the sound. Like, it'll hit the walls and come back. Yeah. Um, there are lockers in the back that have, they're like bars. That affects it. But then they'll hit the walls and come back, but then they'll, the, the um, 
carpet will absorb the sound. Mm-hmm. It, it won't bounce off the carpet as much as it would the wall. Just a the wall or just like a, a regular floor without carpet. Yeah, like you a know, tile, like a, like a tile floor or like a like a wood floor. Um, so when people play to the ground, you have some people playing to the ground, some people playing up. If you play to the ground, people cannot hear what you're playing. That's so interesting. And it's a really, it, it's a, it could be a really important part. It could be like the bottom that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you won't hear it because you're playing it to the ground, even if you're playing loud. Um, whereas when you get on the stage, it's a completely different sound because you have all of this, like our stage even had, um, like everything in my school specifically had things that would inhibit you being heard. Which is maybe a metaphor, yeah. but it was, <laughs> which was like uh, the way that the state, the way that the auditorium was set up was that there was like um, the catwalk mm-hmm. was was constructed in a way that like the sound from the stage goes out, hits the catwalk, and then comes back instead of out to the audience. Instead of out to the audience, which is the same thing if you played the ground on a stage, it hits the ground and goes up mm-hmm. and into the top of the stage into yeah. lighting. Uh, equipment gets rather trapped than up there. gets yeah. trapped and just dies out up there instead of going out to the audience, which is why you're supposed to have your like whatever you're playing as high as you mm-hmm. know up so people can hear it, which is harder for some interests you know, and easier for others. But in certain like richer, richer high school band spaces, really, um, they have like sound walls. Mm-hmm. I don't remember like what acoustic. it was called. Acoustic. Like the acoustics things. are better. The on acoustics purpose. are better, and it's like made in a specific way to let the sound breathe really mm-hmm. but they specifically have this like material that um they put on the walls like they'll put a bunch of different like sound blocks oh on yeah the walls. like the, the yeah i've seen those i forget what they look called. like memory foam they do but they're they like, like swirly shapes um they can be swirly shapes i've seen them in they can come in really any shape yeah um, they have them in like depends. studios yeah it just depends how you want them to Mm-hmm. exist like I've seen them as um, wiggly and it's the entire wall yeah I've seen them as it's just a couple of like rectangular sort of um, weirdly chopped mm-hmm. like diagonally almost chopped rectangles just on the wall r- yeah randomly on the wall which I think it depends first of all how much money you have to support that idea mm-hmm. and how much um, how you want the sound to be shaped in that space where you want the sound to go so for them to make for them to know how the physics of sound or like even just however they understood it to Mm -hmm. even know that specifically um about how to shape the room because i assume they didn't have sound blocks they didn't have all of this like extra um super helpful industrial Mm -hmm. shit stuff um (laughs) so uh they had to just know how sound worked. worked like they had to be able to shape the room in a way mm-hmm. in like an even archaic way yeah uh, that's all they had to be able to shape the room in a way that they could create that sound mm-hmm. but they had to know that and they had to be able to construct that idea before constructing the place the building yeah right. before even designing the plant so you have to know what it's going to sound like which means i assume like a lot of tests and experiments or mm-hmm. you know like doing all this stuff beforehand like little models yeah but how it's how like could so they scary possibly how can know you be sure yeah that it'll happen like i saw this video of this guy got like a spotify i saw that, that yeah the, the qr the tag key, on your yeah. skin yeah which is like the the tattoo artist was like hey i did it i did it perfectly and i was still I, like I did the, the absolute best that yeah, I could. Yeah, it but it's it never great. guaranteed that but it's the was, same song. He was so scared that it was going to come up and be the wrong thing. Song, it wasn't going to yeah. work even. 
So they had to go out there. Like, that's a big risk, especially under, like, a pharaoh, mm-hmm. um, is to promise this idea and then actually have to go out and, and create complete it. it. yeah. And, like, once on you do it. On such a high scale, too. On such a high scale, and then they create it, and they still could just be like, oh, I'm not sure if this will work. Mm-hmm. And then you test it, and it's like... It's it like doesn't, yeah. The, yeah, imagine it doesn't, but it's like, yeah. imagine, the, you know, you created that and you had all these ideas and then they made it. They made the actual, yeah. like, muscular structure. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it must feel like the heavens shine down to you, like, ah, yeah. like, it must feel so great. But, that, but that's why it's so unbelievable. Right. Because not only, so what you're saying is not only did the ancient Greek people who had no technology design a better acoustically sound room than your high school. <laughs> Not only are you saying that, but also you're saying that people who didn't even know that, well, we don't know for sure, we can't ask them, they're all dead, but but we can assume that people that didn't even know that sound traveled in waves that you can't see, like invisible waves. First of all, they didn't know that back in the day. We, we discovered that, you know, like, so they had to, first of all, comprehend that. Second of all, translate that into a massive structure of concrete, right. build it without having any tools, and then accomplish it all under this super high pressure, having no idea how to do it. So it makes me wonder. You say, like, oh, they, they probably accomplished it, and then the heavens sang down upon them. Yeah. But that's why I pose the question, aliens, because how <laughs> that, okay, how did on. they know how to do it? I looked up the picture. Of the bill? Of the bill. It is on the bill. Okay. To come back to this, to not forget about it, there is a pyramid on the bill. It's got some Roman uh, number on it. I don't know exactly what. M D C C L X X B I. That's my favorite number. Enormous number. I'm assuming it's a year. Um, it says Anuit. Uh, I don't know what it says. Septus, so Coptus, something, mm. and then Novus Ordo Seclorum. I, that sounds like all probably Latin. Yeah. But I'm not sure what it means. I can look it up. But then it's the um, it's the pyramid. But then the top triangle is an I. With light behind it, which is Wait, the can I see it's it? the Illuminati thing, right? Like people oh, the make it the Illuminati thing. Um, That's so interesting. But I assume it's supposed to be like yes, the because hand of God or the um, no, the evil eye. Yeah, but like this, this, this picture. So all yeah. all the people listening, go look at a dollar bill. Look <laughs> up a picture of a dollar bill if you're poor like myself, like and me and <laughs> and Rip. It's just like why. This is so creepy. First of all, have you ever looked at this? Like, actually yeah, thought about it? Yeah, I do think it, it looks like, weird. Not only are the pyramids super weird, and we're discussing why they make absolutely no sense for these ancient people who had no access to our modern-day science to be able to figure out. Right. Not only that, but why is the Illuminati eye on the point of the triangle? This is why I believe, That's like, the thing, though. I think what they did is they took, the Illuminati took that from there uh-huh. and then used it as their symbol. But how which is another really interesting why did they choose this why symbol did, then? Yeah, but also why did the dollar bill like I don't know who created the dollar bill, but why did he design it like this? Yeah, or she designed it yeah, like why this? Do like that? why does it have the eye? Well, my thought is that so on the dollar bill it says in God we trust, right? So mm-hmm. it, there's a, d- despite the idea of separation of church and state, they still include ideas of religion on it. Yeah. Um on the the federal currency yes <laughs> which is in its in and of itself its own problem but yeah they included on the dollar bill um it says i think i'm not sure if it's around the pyramid or in a different part of the dollar bill it says like in god we trust mm-hmm. um so my thought there is that i don't know why they use the pyramid is my caveat but i think i understand the triangle i the what? pyramids aren't even in 
America. They're not, no. So why? So <laughs> what? So why? I'm so sorry. I got so excited. <laughs> They're not even in America. Why no. is the pyramid on our national currency right. for the United States when it's not our landmark? That's my thought. I can understand the eye because I'm assuming it, I think it comes from something biblical with maybe the evil eye. Like, have you ever seen the hand? Yes. Um, it, but I'm that's, assuming that again, it's sort of like the eye of God or like okay. there's light coming behind it. I can understand all of that. Like this part is, is spiritual. It's connecting to the, the upper, the mm-hmm. heavens or whatever. I don't know why they have a pyramid though. Yeah, because we, it's, not it our, it's not our landmark. I've never connected this until now. I'm having no. the biggest brain moment of my entire life. <laughs> It's not our landmark, so it's so odd that they chose because that. on other bills, they do have our land. They're much more boring, to be fair. Yeah, they, but... They, they have, like, you know, the White House, or I don't remember, but mm-hmm. they have certain, like, political buildings yeah. that exist in the our United country, States. yeah. Why? I don't know why, why they put the, pyramid? the pyramids on there. That That's such an interesting... Let me look it up. Yeah, that's such an interesting thing to think about, especially just because... The pyramids is such a, mi- a mystery in itself. Like, we keep talking about it, and I keep yeah. repeating it. But the inclusion of the eye glowing as the point makes me think that it has to be related to extraterrestrial life. Because, like, why, not only how did they build it, why is it on a currency for a different country, and then why is it pinpointed that uh, an all-powerful being is at the top of the the pyramid glowing down upon it. Okay. You know? Here's my contribution is Google says. Okay. He says the founding fathers wanted the country to last as long as the pyramids, but the pyramid and I didn't show up on the dollar bill until 1935, which is not super long ago. No, it's not. Um, they started out as part of our great seal. FDR added them to the dollar. Um, so they didn't even start out on the dollar. They mm-hmm. started out on something else, the, yeah. the seal, I guess, of mm-hmm. um, the, like, the great seal. Yeah. Um, I don't know another way to describe that. But um, I think going along with your idea, mm-hmm. it could fully be their own prerogative and their own thought of, like, oh, yeah, the pyramids are everlasting. They've lasted so long. They might as well last forever. You might as well think of them as eternal. Yeah. Um, and we want this country to last that way as well. Mm-hmm. You can think that that was of their own prerogative. Another thought that goes along with your idea of the aliens yeah. that I'm that I'm having is that perhaps um, aliens put that idea there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm because to out if a, you a think more nuanced way no, 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 put that. that's a perfect way to say it because mm-hmm. it's unlocking a thing I wanted to say that I forgot right. about. So the hieroglyphics inside of the pyramids, yes. they reference, we should so watch the thing I watched because now I'm unlocking all of it, but oh, yeah. they reference like all powerful beings in the hieroglyphics. Like I forget if there were just like really giant people or whatnot, but it was not like, they weren't like the regular pictures of the people. Like it'd be a picture of the person standing next to some weird all powerful being creating assume, the pyramids. I would assume that that's, um, because I, it's Egyptian culture, yes, it's like their mm-hmm. religion. So I would assume, from my very limited knowledge of Egyptian religion and culture, that they have their um, polytheistic. So they have yeah, uh, many gods. different gods, but their their um, system of religion is also based very differently than um, what's it called? Like Christianity, like uh, mm-hmm. Judaic religions. Yeah. Um, Judaic religions focus more on a they 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 go on a scale of more like a morally good or bad 
sort of spectrum mm. or sides. Uh, Egyptian religion and culture resonates more on a sort of chaos versus order level where you can you know you ever seen the like neutral good neutral evil like all of that or like you know uh, yeah good whatever that says good and bad but it it m- more of a gray scale there's like a more scale. of a gray scale where yeah. it's like it's either chaos or it's order it can be good chaos bad chaos good order bad order mm-hmm. like I, I then that's really really simplifying it like yeah. it, it doesn't chaos doesn't naturally mean that it's bad. wrong because yeah. you need chaos in order to have order or else there you would be both. no other yeah it's not like oh the good side is where you belong and the evil side is wrong mm-hmm. you know it's not just telling people that they're wrong for your sins it's telling people you know there's two sides and you need to have a balance of them yeah you know rather than because if like you didn't, stigma to the evil if you side. didn't have both, neither would exist. Neither it's would, like exactly. if every day was good, no day would be good. Nobody because would be good. There'd be no difference. It'd be boring. It'd be very boring. So, they, they, theirs, operates on a on an idea that I can grab onto much easier rather mm-hmm. than stigmatizing an evil side and being like, never, never go over there. Don't don't they step might, don't step on the moon. They don't might have cookies. There. They might have cookies. They might not though. Sins. Um, like. <laughs> They they work on a chaos order, so they have, like, oh, it needs to be balanced, and you need to have both. Like, there needs to be chaos, yeah. and there needs to be order, and you need to, like, you need to find a way to not let either both draw one, you in, yeah. Yeah, not let either one tip Because too much of a good thing is a bad thing, and too yeah. much of a bad thing and is obviously a bad thing. that's also a big thing in Egyptian culture, I think, is, like, that scale idea. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. happened, that's their thought of what happens in the afterlife, is that you go and, and you're weighed on, you know how uh, morally right you were, mm-hmm. I guess, as a human being. <laughs> or no, well, not even that. It's not even about well, who morally right you were. That's a Like how hard you tried, idea. perhaps? No, it's, um, oh, it's whether you're willing to admit to all of the wrong things you did. Oh. Like, whether you admit... I like that, Whether actually. you're uh, willing to admit who you really were as a human yeah. being. Like, whether you're willing to be like, yes, I did these wrong things. Like, people will take lies to their grave, and then, and their, then uh, their Egyptian thought, or, like, their, just, their idea in Egyptian culture is that um, they will take that thought, even, even those lies, even mm-hmm. to the afterlife. And if you don't admit to it, it's like on the one side I think is the feather of truth. Yeah. This could all be a little bit not accurate. I'm not Egyptian. I do this not know. whole podcast should have that preface. Yes. This whole podcast should have the preface, <laughs> that, preface that I don't exactly know, but I have a little bit of knowledge I'm going off of that I believe on one side of the scale is the feather of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very pure. It's like you, you can barely even maybe touch it. Like it's very, yeah, it's, it's very wishy-washy. You, if you touch it, it might like blow away. Yeah. Like it, I, I don't even think that you can touch it you could disintegrate yeah um, interesting okay and uh it's super powerful super potent and on the other side you stand on the scale when mm. you die they take you and they put you on the scale um and there is a sort of kind of alligator figure i believe it's like a mix between a couple different animals mm-hmm. I, it might have more than one head i'm really not sure i think it's i remember it being a some sort of alligator looking figure with maybe like a different tail something yeah. like that well, think of it as an alligator, um, but ambiguous in what what that what means. other yeah. parts of it exist. Um, and you stand on one side of the scale, and they they ask you to just really tell the truth. They, mm-hmm. I think they might. I don't know that they really ask you questions, but they ask you to just really be truthful with yourself. With yeah. yourself, and people won't even be truthful. They'll be wow. like, they'll lie about mm-hmm. even that. And if you lie, the feather of truth will you'll like be heavier mm-hmm. if you're you know the lies are heavy so you if you are lying 
um, you you tip the scale. Tip the scale in your favor, and then that ambiguous alligator figure eats you, and oh. then your soul is gone wow. forever. I kind of love Whether that. Whether if you tell the truth, yeah, you tip the scale. You either stay the same, or you tip the scale in the, the uh-huh. feathers' favor. And it you tips the survive. scale, and then you get to go to the afterlife. Wow! And it's really just an idea That's of so are you cool. willing to be truthful and admit to yourself mm-hmm. who you were, isn't it? And who you are. Isn't that sad that people will take that, like they can be so blinded by their own narcissism Mm -hmm. and their own need to be respected and be a perception of who they think they want to be, that they would rather get their soul eaten by some form of an alligator than just be honest? Even more than that, I think they think they're being honest. Yeah, like they're they're so they're delusional so yeah. that they they spent especially if they died old like they spent like eighty years of their life believing that they were this beloved person when everyone really just yeah. thought they were a stick and nobody liked them <laughs> you know like and they get there and they still can't get past the societal norms that we've set for ourselves in real life like yeah they they become so deluded in their own story in their own lies in their mm. own. Um, which is the narcissism thing, it's the ego thing. It's yeah. creating your own story and then believing it, which is part of being human, creating your story and believing it, but also being able to like, own up and understand and really look into who you are, mm-hmm. which is something that I don't think a lot of other species do because, yeah. again, that whole idea of homo sapiens sapiens is that you're aware that you're aware, yeah. is that you start to do these things that aren't... Um, that can be harmful, but can also be really beneficial that other other life forms don't really see is, um, don't think of, and I don't think they, they not that I know, because I don't, we I don't, we can't ask them, them yet, yeah. but that they don't see as really, like, they either, they both don't think of it, and they don't really think of it as a, as an, beneficial thing to do mm-hmm. they don't think of it as something that you really That's like we necessary. think of it as like get therapy and like become a really good person find yourself yeah find yourself and be who you are and whatever and, and yeah. it's like they're uh, you know uh say dogs don't they just or chill. like people things in the wild like they don't have this idea of like what am i if i what am i doing and is it morally right and, and is it more good as a person yeah. and is it like humans always get so caught up on the fact of like what is my importance like I can promise I've never spoken to a dog yet but when I do I'm gonna ask if they often question like what is their purpose for being on earth like I'm sure they're not concerned with why they're there but we're so concerned like all the time we're always like oh I must be important because I'm here and I'm I'm aware so I must be some piece of this all-knowing puzzle it must be me you know, and they yeah. get lost in that. And we even, I think we even put that, what's the word for that? We like project that idea on other beings. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a movie where dogs speak in the movie? Yes, I have. We give dogs. We give dogs that the concept. The inner monologue that they believe Duh. that they're important. Like yeah. we, we will make jokes about like, oh, a dog is just thinking like, oh, sniff this, you smell like this, you smell yeah. that, I see that, oh, whatever. And then that, that's their whole, like, consciousness. Uh-huh. But then we'll make a movie where they... I'm, I'm not saying the dogs don't get emotional attachments. Like, obviously, they get all that. Um, and they're, they're still beings, and they feel things. They're not yeah. robots. Also, we haven't asked a dog, so we oh, yeah. don't know. This is yeah. all speculation. All speculation, but we will project that idea of importance on a dog, mm-hmm. where a dog's not just thinking, you know, 
in the moment. Yeah. I, that's a very futuristic idea of like, oh, will I be important? Will I be thought of when I'm gone? Yeah. And maybe dogs have that idea, but I don't think that they have it the same way if they do. Yeah. I don't think it's as important to them either. I think, yeah. And I think a lot of times you can see... You can see, obviously, animals being more maybe vicious or malicious or whatever, and mm-hmm. they because survival, they're just trying to they do what they they're do to survive. That way, yeah. yeah, they do what they do in order to survive, which is the same things human do, would do if they were in the same um, situation. Situation like yeah. once they became aware, that changed. But if we were not aware, we would be the same. Mm-hmm. Or if we were put in that situation of needing survival, I think a lot of us would still act the same way. But you can also see them being much more generous than humans are yeah. a lot of the time. I'm not saying humans are never generous, but you know, no one is but generous. But humans all are the generous time. in uh sorry, I kicked the table. Humans <laughs> are generous but in a narcissistic fashion. Yeah. Cuz no one ever donates a billion dollars to a charity and doesn't tell anyone. Yeah. You know. So it's always sort of like we have our own agenda which yeah. ties back to like always feeling the need that you are the important key to the puzzle of the universe right. you know Where like, like an animal might just feel a maternal need um, i think humans also feel this um not always but uh, they'll feel like a maternal need just to like give everything for their child and mm-hmm. sometimes they don't sometimes they do these weird things that we don't understand like this is the run i don't care about them yeah i'm gonna not notice not them. them and like maybe that's an idea of like tough love so that if they do survive then they were meant to or they have the like needs necessary now to survive because you need to work harder mm-hmm. if you're the run I think um, but I have an interesting they also like can be so generous without any any like want to mm-hmm. be recognized for it or anything and I think you know like say your mom will do this or you know some you know some yeah, moms like will we, do this we like do we have aspects do of it yeah but they they do it just it's it can be so like insane how generous and how giving mm-hmm. they can be where they how will simply just give their entire life force to mm-hmm. their child and i think but humans do that but it's it's but it's because they don't have animals. it's because animals don't have the stakes that humans have created in a yeah. society like they don't have like a mom can give everything to her child but only to a certain point you know yeah. like she can't give up because i think she recognizes she feels like if i give until I'm gone, then I can't keep protecting Then I can't you. keep giving, yeah. Because and if, I don't if, know what happened. Like, I can't protect you there. Like, if it, I feel like an animal, the stakes are lower because if they die in the process of saving their child, they're like, oh, I fulfilled my need. Mm-hmm. But if a mom dies in oh. the process of saving her child, then it's like society's like, oh, you left your kid, you abandoned your kid. Like, yeah. You know, There's like, some, like it's they, like they put a stigma some stigma, like, yeah, some, like, sin wrapped around yeah. it. So they don't, they can't do well, it to that extent. It's just the animal's own idea of it. Nobody else's ideas are projected from that society Mm -hmm. unless I think animals might even do that though I think animals might not in the same way that humans would be like oh my god she doesn't even look after her kid like I do I think they do it in the same way that it's like I would assume energies and auras where they Mm -hmm. give them a sort of like maybe a cold shoulder when they do something did you know this is um in relation to elephants Okay. So oh, wait, hold on. Can we go back? What was your quote that you were going to yeah, say? Yeah, this, this is the quote. Okay, yeah. great, great. So this is in, in relation to the elephants. Yeah. I heard this on someone else's podcast, but um, you kept talking about the runt. And yeah. a- elephants will kick out. You can't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure it's accurate. <laughs> but again, the preface. Um, elephants will kick out the, the boy elephants in their herd mm-hmm. for like five years. And then the elephant will be welcomed back 
after it's gone out on its own because it's like oh after it's taken its sabbatical because like it's like a teenager and it's like angsty and it's like i'm not gonna do what you want mom i want to yeah. kick over the trees because i'm a big elephant i can do whatever i want to do you know so like they kick out they kick him out they're like okay go be a teenage boy elephant over there i don't want to talk to you for a couple years and then come back when you've matured and right. you're past that like hormone like that gross hormone boy angst right and you can come join us and be a part of our higher society of elephant beings. So perhaps, if we take that notion, perhaps the elephants do have some of those societal, you know, things. Because if you think about it that way, like a teenage boy and a teenage elephant boy, pretty much having the same-ish sort of, like, hormonal balances and shifts that are happening if they both experience this, like, angsty, like, I want to punch stuff phase yeah, of their life, yeah. you know? Yeah. I. What's hard for me is that we keep going back and we oscillate between these ideas that we're having, um, which are, we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm thinking about like, we, I have this, my brain wants to like, <laughs> my, brain. my brain wants to like give things. Uh -huh. um, and I, like a, like a color, you know, does yeah. this make sense? No, yeah, like yeah, I want, so it wants to give that. it yeah. a color. Uh -huh. um, and not even really in like a synesthesia way. It's like a, if anyone knows what that is. Um, yeah. It wants to give it like a color or a label or like this idea of what it is. Mm -hmm. And then it misses like one tiny part at the end, one little corner. And that corner off. comes out and reveals what about this side that you haven't thought of that makes it much more complex than you're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, because things are. Does this make sense? No, that 100% makes sense. Yeah. It's like that. It's because, because of I'll society. It, right. I'll because give it like a label. Yeah. And not even a label. It doesn't even have a name. It's just like this idea and this solid idea of uh -huh. what I'm thinking about how you act. This is the way you act and this is why and this is what you are and this is the color you get for that. Yeah. And then it'll miss this tiny little corner and you rip that corner out and it it changes the you, color. It changes the color, and then you have to think of you turn it around, and it's another color, and you yeah. have to think of it in that color now. But then you're like, no, because it's all of these. I wish that I really hope this makes sense to the people listening, because then it it starts to blend all of those colors together and mm -hmm. makes you so aware of how complex every single being in and every single idea yeah. is, and every being is because you try to assign because something nothing a color, is one color and then you take your brain and your brain steps back and then it says oh wait look at it from this side mm -hmm. and then your brain says both sides are correct no both sides yeah. are possible at least yeah. if not both are true and then they blend and mm -hmm. they don't even become one color they just become like a mix like uh like one of those, those spinning pots. things yeah, yeah. that they put the, the paint on yeah, it just becomes like a, a crazy chaotic mm -hmm. rainbow of of that color. also is completely ordered mm -hmm. like it's a it's a chaos it's an order of chaos yeah it's crazy that's it's crazy true. to me it's is this making any sense no it makes sense <laughs> let I'm, me i've exploded no it makes sense <laughs> it makes sense because things aren't one color that's tying it back to the conversation that we were having it's because society has programmed us as yeah. human beings to yeah. put things into boxes yes so when you describe it as wanting everything to be one color that makes completely sense because if you tie it all the way back to our conversation yeah. about black and white, good and evil, and then the grayscale. That's why the grayscale makes so much more sense to both of us because right. everything isn't one color. Everything is a billion colors yeah. all combining to form these complex Which ideas and so people. It's difficult to understand. It makes it so, so hard to like wrap your brain around it because you just have to let go mm -hmm. of your responsibility, your initiative. You have to just let go of the idea that it, you can understand it. Yeah. And you have to just take it and be like, 
there are parts of this that I won't understand, and, and I just have okay. to accept that they exist. Like, but I, like, like you don't want to believe that Ted Bundy could be a terrible, horrible murderer uh-huh. and also be, be a nice super to a nice child. guy and, and, yeah, and have a kid and nice. have a wife and yeah. like a nice, normal nuclear family life. Yeah, bars. Like, you don't want to believe that someone could be a murderer and also be so nice to you, like buy you a ticket for the train because mm-hmm. you can't find your wallet. Like, you yeah. don't want to believe that someone could have all these complex sides to them because once you label them as murder or this or that, not saying that we shouldn't, you know, try to protect people with that um, idea of, like, keeping Mm -hmm. them away from um, the majority of society, I I assume. Um, But you, as soon as you hear murderer or this or that... That's all they ever are. That's all you want to think of them Mm -hmm. as. And you you can't... it becomes so, so difficult to fathom the idea that they could also have things in them that are maybe not even good, but that are order. Mm-hmm. Like the chaos side could be this, and it overwhelms their order side, which is I like the idea yeah. of the Egyptian thing, Egyptian thing better because nobody is good and nobody is bad. They're not that You can't one be thing. 100% one thing. You can't be 100% <laughs> anything. That's not how it works because the world is, would first of all, the world would be so boring if everyone was black and white. If For we sure. had no grayscale, if everyone was either good or bad, you could only be one and you were only the one you were There's born no with. Stakes. There are no stakes. Nothing would ever happen. Yeah. No one would ever speak to the people that were in the blacks, like the the evil, the darker yeah. side, the evil. I already said evil, but I'm going to say it again. Say it you again. You know, like people would never talk um, to those people. So society would just be boring. It'd be nothing. It'd be black and white forever right. and nothing would ever occur. Yeah. But that's why when we have this complex conversation, like you're never going to be able to understand everything yeah. and you're never going to understand why a murderer would buy a, a, a lady a flower or a help an old person cross the street. But they do because that is the human mind. That is how we work. We're not yeah. always 100% good, not always 100% bad. You fall somewhere in the middle depending on the Tuesday. You know, yeah, like depending on the Tuesday. Yeah, like it could change on the flip of a dime. That's that's what's right. so exciting about the human right. world we live in. And that brings me to like we always want to chase I don't not everybody does this, but I, I feel like as a collective majority, humans want to chase this idea of eternity of oh, there's never enough time. I wish there was more time and I, I if we just had more time, we could do this and that. And it's like that's another ego thing where you just want to bring yourself to and you want to see everything that happens after you. You want to see if you exist in that space still. Mm-hmm. It's, God. It's Let crazy. Let me take a breath. Let me take a breath. Everyone breathe in the world around them, every, to be honest. Everybody like, right now, just take in a really deep breath, have a sip of water. I'm, I'm going to take a breath. Go for it. <laughs> this was a lot. This is a lot. It's just so fascinating that the world... It's also fascinating to me that people believe the world is just black and white. Like, there are so many people yeah. that genuinely it's go really to the to grave. It's really to get out of that ideology. Yeah, but, like, they will take it to the grave that good and bad, black and white, evil, the opposite of evil, mm-hmm. can't think of the word, but, like, that is that is all it'll ever be. This is yeah. I was actually having this conversation with Hayden the other day. Hayden is Riv's roommate, um, my friend. We were talking also to them. my friend. Yes, I know, <laughs> Riv hates them. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah. But we were talking about um, I do not. <laughs> we were talking about Buddhism because yes. I watched the show The Good Place and I'm mm-hmm. obsessed. It's my favorite TV show, and they have this really cool moment in uh, one of the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! I'm so sorry, Aton. Um, Aton, close your ears right now. They talk la, la, about la, la, la. <laughs> they talk about this concept of how people are like the ocean. 
and mm -hmm. sometimes in the ocean there are waves and the waves last for different periods of time for each wave some are small some are big some will be huge for like 20 minutes some will be a little ripple for like a half a second mm -hmm. and the buddhist people believe that that wave is just a different form for the water to be for a little bit and then after the water goes away the wave goes away the water is still there and that concept that mm -hmm. idea of the water will always be there the wave was just a different way for it to be for a little bit different form for it to live in for a little brief moment so if you compare that to people it's like when we die you know me tori hayatakis this was just a, a way for these particles of the universe to be for a little bit you know just to to exist for like uh, 80 years or something you know like and then when i die the particles of the universe that collected to make myself will still be in the universe it'll just not be in this form anymore yeah that there was some again a tiktok it was but it was a good one i i was while you were talking about that i was thinking of um just words versus not words i'm not sure if i can express that in words as an that idea as words i i it, like it's um God, my brain is swimming. Um, in the that, water. Of the you know, I, it's be, words can be so beautiful, but sometimes things are more beautiful without words. Like words can be so impactful. And I was thinking about like, oh, it's so great there was words. And then that corner came back. Mm -hmm. And I thought about the other side of, you know, sometimes words aren't enough or they're, you know, like mm -hmm. sometimes it's more beautiful without words. Um, but there's something else. Sometimes words that, get in the way. Yeah, sometimes you know? they get in the way. You can't even communicate the idea with, with words. Like it's just. Mm -hmm. Words I have double know. meaning it's sometimes like, too. It's like, like this like right now. Like I, I'm, I, I'll have these ideas. Brandon said this last night mm -hmm. actually during uh, an indecent rehearsal where he was like, I'm not sure if I can give words to this idea. There's an idea yeah. there, but I can't find the words. And it's like sometimes words can be limiting. Mm -hmm. That's so frustrating when you can't get it, but then it gives you like, you can do it with feeling, you can do it with action yeah. and emotion. And sometimes like those physicalities can't be given a description mm -hmm. because they're just feeling. It's just th something moving through your body. Yeah. It's just, and feelings really are just something moving through your body, so, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Isn't but that- But the TikTok I was gonna say actually, just, to, just to blow up the conversation. Please do. Um, bring it back to the, uh, pyramids actually I think um, is that the I don't remember the exact wording but it was something along the lines of of that it was trying to I think put at ease that idea that you're not going to live forever mm -hmm. but you want to be eternal for some yeah. reason um, or that you know the majority collective feels that way mm -hmm. um, especially in media they have that idea so often but um, it was something about the light years in space, if you go out to a certain part of space, time has not reached that part yet. So if you are in a very specific part of space at a certain specific point in time, you can still see the Egyptians creating the pyramids at that point in space because what? of the way that time travels, because it's in light years. Because it hasn't reached it. So that time, because you're in that light year, you know, you're in that certain point of space, time hasn't reached it yet so that you can watch you can it like watch, walk towards you pretty much you can, yeah you can watch the egyptians create the pyramids from that point in space because that's where that that's how long it's taking for that time to get there mm -hmm. so in some part of space after you die people from some 
point of from some point of view in space mm -hmm. people will still be able to see you and you'll still exist in that so theoretically you will be eternal theology. you're just not eternal in your mind you're just not eternal in the way that you would like that you'd you like to be eternal you. in like a concrete sense but it's sort but of like you're a still going to be able to be viewed mm. from theoretically from this from point beyond, in space yeah. because time is everlasting it's sort of like it's an idea of time it's like your legacy pretty much mm -hmm. but like in, an, in a space way like you are puts at ease, uh, sorry to interrupt you but good. I think that puts at ease the idea of like uh, some people I know that Hayden feels this way don't want to live forever because you don't want to have to have thoughts forever you don't want to have mm. to exist and and be flesh and blood and and have to deal with all of the the you know ups and downs of 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 life having thoughts yeah. forever of having a consciousness forever mm -hmm. it's exhausting it is exhausting so i think that puts at ease that a little bit because you're not still having thoughts you're just the idea of you and the presence your presence and energy and aura that you've left that mark you've left that importance again that mm. mark you've left in the the stain of the world um is still able to be observed theoretically somewhere you still exist in time but you're not a consciousness yeah you don't have to take on the weight and the responsibility of of being a consciousness mm -hmm. you can just you can just exist which is why i love that idea Buddhist of thing, you know yeah. dying and then you just become light yeah you're just you just that's what it, that's exactly i think that like i said i'm not an expert on the mm -hmm. religion of buddhism but like i love that concept because yeah. right now you are just a different way for riv to be for a little bit mm -hmm. like you're still the universe the universe makes up you yeah. and when you die you will still live on in space and people will see your legacy for years and light years and yeah. light years and light years and your story will forever be told but you won't be but there maybe not with words yeah maybe not with words maybe with the particles of the universe or light or you will be your your being will be in a different form at the time your legacy is being told you know like yeah. you won't be there to hear your stories yeah which is so powerful and that's a sense they, they might not even be stories you can hear they mm. might just they might be just be emotions and emotions feelings. feelings you might just Light. be like maybe you're the breeze on mm. the wind maybe someone hears your story because they've had a tough day and the wind touches their face that yeah day. like it could really just be that it could and which is uh, it makes me think of i just i like that idea in princess and the frog to mm -hmm. bring it back to capitalism disney Whew. um where ray i believe is yeah the, oh the star the, yeah. yeah he's the lightning bug and he's like evangeline i'm gonna <gasps> meet her one day <gasps> i'm gonna cry um and he's saying that's Evangeline right there, mm -hmm. that North Star. Yeah. That's Evangeline. And nobody believes him and nobody, everyone's Ugh. like, ah, oh, what a crazy hippie. Like, he's just, he's just you th it's tripping. a star. It's a star. You're just, yeah. you're just high. You're, on, yeah. you're crazy. And then he dies. And he becomes And he star. becomes the star next to her. Wow. Which just is so encompassing. <laughs> Me too. That encompasses this entire conversation. The whole conversation is encompassed in that Ray the Firefly from Princess and the Frog. From Princess and the Frog became a star. Yeah. And now he that's his story. Is every time that Tiana looks up in the sky or her husband, I forget his name. Yeah, <laughs> looks up in the sky or Dr. Facilier Navid looks up in the sky or Dr. Facilier looks up in the sky. They're gonna see they're him. gonna see that star and whether they recognize it as Ray mm. or not. 
maybe you know their Dr. body Psyche might wouldn't, their mind won't recognize it yeah. but their emotions their maybe, heart will know it's them maybe tiana will mm-hmm. but anybody else in that story besides maybe tiana and maybe naveed yeah uh, i think um, that's his name or uh, Naveen. No, something like something. that. Something. Yeah. Or maybe the, crocodi- the crocodile the man. alligator. Lewis. Like any of those, besides any of those three that have the possibility of recognizing that, everybody else will just look at that star and maybe feel it on an emotional level. They yeah. w- might not even recognize that it's Ray, but yeah. he's still having an impact. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'll sometimes at night look at a star. Like, we, we've gone, it's crazy to me that you'll go to different spaces on Earth and still see the same star. The same sky. And, like, it's people crazy. put that in, in literature where they're like, like the moon. hey, yeah, like the moon. Like, like, people will be like, I forget it, what you song can, or what, like, it's literature a, There's it's a in, movie. They were like, you know, I, at least I know that we're seeing the same the same sky at night. Yeah. I think it's no, it's I think song. it's no, it's dear, it's Dear John. Have you seen the movie Dear John? Uh, I think it's I that so. movie with I don't know who's in it, but like he says, like no matter where I am, no matter where you are, if we're miles and miles apart, mm-hmm. we can both look up at the sky and see the same moon and yeah. know that we're both looking at it and it's the same one. I think no I matter how far it, away, yeah, it's the same. I was thinking of it, I think, in an Ed Sheeran song. It, is, it's probably a lot, a really much, famous concept. Yeah, it's much it's much lamer to say I heard it from an Ed Sheeran song. Yours yeah. is much cooler. Like, I'm sure it's it comes up in humanity over and over again. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. a reoccurring idea. But I think his was, like, uh, that song that's, like, stars in America. Something uh, about, yeah. like, I, you know, I'm in America and you're across the sea. And, and we like, see the we're same seeing stars. the same stars. Which is, it's less... I'm sorry to Ed Sheeran, but it's less cool to think of it as I heard it from an Ed Sheeran song. Yeah. It is to be like, it was in Dear John, and we saw the same moon. The same moon. That's but, much cooler. But isn't it? But it's, it's this cool also that it's the same idea yeah. throughout. Mm-hmm. It's probably everywhere. You also brought up the concept of the wind, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about it since you said it, because yes. it kind of reminds me of the idea of reincarnation a little bit, because mm-hmm. it's like you can come back. I know that personally, like, we've had a person in our family pass away mm-hmm. and every time we see a ladybug we just feel like it's them yeah you know so it, and it could very well not be you know they're always different ladybugs it's never the yeah. same one but it's like the emotional level to just feel the comfort that that ladybug emanates yeah is so so human but so beautiful i don't want to put anyone on blast so i'm not going to say who said this to me but they were explaining to me that they um, take care of butterflies a lot. And uh, that the first butterfly they ever really s- like saw and took care of and found, um, they s- her, their mom had recently died, I mm. believe. And they saw that butterfly as their mom. And that first butterfly didn't survive, but all of the others really have, wow. um, mostly, I think. And so that first butterfly not surviving is they thought of it as their way of their mom being like, hey, it's okay for this thing that you care about to, that, and you can give your emotion to it, and it's okay for it to stop existing, it's okay for it to die, and you can still go on that way. Mm. And all of these other things, all of these other creatures were created from it. And um, all the beauty that came yeah, after it because of that one, one butterfly. It inspired you to keep It going. inspired you to keep helping. Yeah. Wow, that gave me so many chills. Because it's <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. Because if they would have just given up, yeah. If they would have thrown in the towel after the first one died, all of the other ones would have perished as well. Right. You know. So it's it sort gave of them like the strength to just give yeah. all these other things. The strength. That's such a beautiful sentiment to take with you today, folks. Like if you. Oh yeah. 
if you are having a struggle in your life and you feel like you simply cannot continue because it's so so disheartening and it's so hard mm-hmm. and you know life can just sometimes really suck yeah but you think of all of the amazing things that you can grow from that you can learn from that you can take into the next challenge into the next portion of your life from the one that you're currently in mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah and the things that you'll you're going to do in the future would never have happened if you didn't do what you're doing right now. Yeah. My favorite thing to tell people mm-hmm. is you used to wish you were where you are right now. Yeah. You used to sit in your house and dream that you'd be wherever you are right now. And then the second you got there, you started wishing you were somewhere else. So yeah. instead of wishing you're somewhere else right now, sit and appreciate that the younger version of yourself would have gave everything to be where you currently are now. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that makes me think of, uh, so that people will ask you, um, in very different contexts, in very different scenarios, at very different times, people will ask the same question about what would you say to your younger self? Mm. But really, what would your younger self say to you? You know, like, they're, they're <sighs> going from the idea of, like, what advice would you give yourself when you're young? Which is mm-hmm. always, of course, like, you know, you go back and you're like, oh, we'll live in the moment. You could have done more. You could have done this, that. Yeah, you could have, like, really... Cause which is just another way to beat up on yourself of the pa- in the past. But you look back with you regret. Yeah, you look back with regret and you're like, oh, I could have lived in the moment more. I could have had more fun. And it's like, do it now. Mm-hmm. Because really the question is, what would your younger self say to you? Yeah. A lot of the time. And your younger self would probably just be like, Hey man, you're doing that. This is you look cool. It would be so. It could be something so simple. I think that my younger self, my stupid little, goofy little brain me, Mm. had sunglasses and hats all the time, would look at me and just be like, "You look cool." Yeah. And that would be it. It wouldn't be like, "Oh, I'm so glad." There wouldn't be some really intellectual like, "Oh, I'm so glad that you've gotten this like really cool profession. I'm really glad that you've gotten this like really lucrative job and this really Mm -hmm. great opportunity and like all these little like." Businessy words. Yeah, like nuanced intellectual words. It'd just be like, you look cool. And mm. that's enough. And that's, that's enough. enough to make me keep going. You look cool. And that's enough. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful. That's so, We should start rewriting that. Stop asking what you would tell your younger self and start thinking about what your younger self would tell you. Because I can guarantee that everyone listening right now the younger version of you is so proud of where you are today and they would give you the biggest hug. <gasps> Everybody listening in today, please, please, please give yourself a hug. Give your younger self a hug. Mm. Just, I don't know, think about the breeze today. Yeah. Be the breeze. Be the breeze. Because at the end of the day, we're all just particles in the universe. Absolutely. Just be the breeze.
decision Married with a lack of vision Everybody wants to rule the 